Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Regina's only downtown brewery. Sergio Castillo. Could it be? Is it? By God! It is! That's Sergio Castillo's music! He's back in the CFL! And John Fraser is going crazy! Yes! 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 It is such a happy day today, Joel Gasson. Yes, My you... favorite obscure CFLer is back in the CFL. It's been uh, a bit of a, a, ro- a road for uh, Sergio to return for our uh, good friend here, John Fraser. Uh, if you don't know us, no, 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 no. You got you, you got to say it with me again here, Joel. Sergio. Now I think I'm just gonna like save that, and then every okay. time and like just drop it in every once in a while, just to like. Every, especially if you just when we start talking about him, like if he does make the lines, you start talking about him. Like every time you say his name, I'll just drop it in. You know, it's a fun little. Uh, a little aside, a little thing that we might start doing here. If uh, there's Sergio Castillo news, it's worth talking about. But yes, this is in fact a very big week for John Fraser as easily his favorite kicker and perhaps his favorite CFLer of the last number of years is back and uh, trying to make his way back to the CFL. Uh, no, I, I, I would, that is a fair statement. Uh, my love affair with Sergio started back when he um, was playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and uh, actually made some kicks, and they actually did some stuff near the end of the year, and that's back when I was working with Travis on the 2 and Out CFL podcast. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of started a love affair that has become a, a, a stick. And if he makes it, I am honestly debating getting a BC Lions Castillo <laughs> jersey. Like, he just, he's like five foot six. I'm like five foot six maybe five foot seven in shoes and he just i i just seems like a good guy i like him i have i've never had the chance to speak to him or meet him but i would be over the moon and tickled pink if i ever had the chance to speak to my boy sergio yeah in this line of work you don't really get excited by a lot of athletes or famous people anymore it kind of gets knocked out of you you'll learn that they're just people but every so often yep. there is still that one that sticks out and i think sergio is definitely that for you uh we were talking before uh, we started recording here that uh, should he make the team, we're going to try to set something up with the BC Lions, whether it's uh, before the game and if, if they win after the game, to uh, try and uh, have a little chat with Sergio at least and uh, have a little fun with him. He probably has no idea any of this is going on, but oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it would certainly be a lot of a lot of fun indeed to uh, hopefully you know, get him in on the joke a little bit and uh, have some fun with uh, Sergio and... Uh, let John really fulfill his dream of meeting his uh, punting idol. You, you know what? It would be that and my previous favorite obscure CFLer. I have to meet him one day, Ryan Dinwiddie. Yeah, I mean, I have. And you I can get lost in those eyes Ryan. for days, right? So exactly, he has the eyes of a Siberian Husky, <laughs> and uh, I actually have a Blue Bombers Ryan Dinwiddie jersey. 
You would, yeah, you would. I, I, I absolutely do, which which also <laughs> led to a, a great story at the 2011 Grey Cup. I was there again to with Trav from Two and Out, and uh, this was long before we ever even conceptualized the podcast or anything. We are just there as two buddies at the Grey Cup. And uh, the night he was going to go to a tweet-up and we were going to meet up later, I said, you know what, I'm going to wear my Dinwiddie jersey because it's unique, right? He walks into Ryderville in B.C., and walks up to some random rider fan and says, have you seen some idiot in a Dinwiddie <laughs> Blue Bombers jersey? And this random fan who doesn't know me from Adam, look, he goes, yeah, no, he's just, he's, he, I just saw him over by the bar. And Travis managed to find me in a fairly packed Ryderville because he just asked the guy for the Bomber Dinwiddie jersey. So, so from now on, the night I'm going to get, uh, as me and the boys call it, uh, the zestiest at Grey Cup is the night I wear my Dinwiddie jersey because it makes me easy to find. Yes, and as we talked about, you're short and it's easy to lose you in a crowd of people. It really is. It's it's not a lie. I because like, hey, otherwise there's you... not much descriptors. Hey, have you seen like the generic white guy with a goatee? Yeah, he's everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, hey. At least you would be like, hey, tall guy, you know, skinny. He's got red hair. Oh yeah, red hair guy. Right. 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 For me, you're right. It's okay. He's got brown hair. Uh, he sometimes wears his glasses. He's average height, and he's about an average build. It'll be like the worst cop description ever. Like, okay, that's like seventy-five percent of men around here. So, <laughs> well, well, I I could legitimately, I honestly think I could get away with a crime now. Now that I think of it. Not that you would ever want to do that. No, no, condone. No. no. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about there? Hey. Bookie man, shh, be quiet. They can hear you in the background. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of non-crimes, uh, we're going to get into uh, the Ryder Green and White game a little bit. Neither of us were there, so we can't really get into the specifics too much. It's more kind of the general feel of what have, came out after the game and how we really shouldn't read too much into this glorified controlled scrimmage thingamabobber. Um, that you want to call it. Uh, we're also going to get into just camp in general, kind of how we're feeling about it. Maybe touch on the jerseys a little bit, and uh, maybe uh, a couple other surprises along the way, depending on how time goes. But, uh, John, I hear you have a growler tonight, so it's going to be something funky. Uh, what is in the glass this evening? It is the Blackbridge New England IPA. Nice. I was uh, at the co-op liquor store the other day, and I uh, was... Really hoping to get myself my favorite summer beer, that being the um, Pile of Bones White IPA. Yeah. Uh, but I came there with my growler, and they only had Black Bridge's New England IPA on uh, on tap. It is uh, to me, it's a similar taste profile to uh, to the White IPA. Uh, a lot of citrus, uh, a, a haziness to it. You know, it's a little unfiltered with that hops kick you expect from an IPA. So, no, big fan. I mean, Black Bridge uh, is famous for their skill in making. IPAs, the guys out of Swift Current, and this is uh, another another hit, I would say. Yeah, they they make that one uh, usually a couple of times a year. It's a big hit. It sells really well. It's it's a very solid beer for them. Uh, for me, I had uh, nine pallets of product to put away at work today. Well, not personally, Ooh. just me, but me and a few other people who were tasked with such abilities today. Uh, and then I had a dodgeball game tonight, so I'm a little tired. So I'm taking it uh, easy tonight, uh, drinking a nice. Uh, Pile of Bones Cranberry Kettle Sour. Ooh, and, and it's great. I can vouch that if nobody believes us, before we make the recording, you can always hear the crack or the pop of a beer or a growler. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you just we should just keep that, maybe just drop that sound effect in so people know 
This is legit. We're actually drinking this. Yeah, we should. Maybe we should actually start like opening it during the segment. That might make sense, and there will be you know some sort of fact because this isn't like a video podcast or anything like that. Because no one wants to actually look at us. We don't even look at each other while we're recording this. It's a Skype oh, oh. phone call, not a video call. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so weird when we had Derek Taylor on. Yeah. we could see Derek. I'm like. And, like, Derek's a good-looking dude, so I was, yeah. like, okay with it, but I'm like... Oh, yeah, yeah they let him what? on TV, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And they do not let us on TV, but... Yeah, look at, looking at Derek, I'm like, what's, what's this, this... I can see him react to the things we're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's partially... You know, it helps for audio quality and internet connection and all that if we just do the, the call, but it also, yeah, we don't really want to look at each other. It's fair. That's a big part of it. And so the uh, first week of rider training camp is now in the books as we take a hard right turn out of that uh, nonsense. And that always ends up with the uh, the green and white game, except for last year when the riders played in the first preseason game of the year, thanks to uh, nine teams existing in the CFL. But uh, mm-hmm. usually it's a green and white game, and that happened again this year. And I think the, the major storyline, at least for those of us that weren't there, there was obviously a lot of people there, and... It's always a good time. If you're a fan and you want to bring it, it's great for the family, the kids, and all that to go check that out. There's oh, always tons of autographs after the game. That's pretty much the point of the whole thing, quite frankly. There's not really a whole lot. You can, As far as I'm concerned, Green and White game is a game in the loosest term you could possibly ever mm-hmm. call it. And I would never read too much into it. And the big storyline, I think, that came out of it, and our fearless leader, Drew Edwards at 3 Down Nation, texted me. He's like, are you writing off the Green and White game? I'm like, well, I'm not in Saskatoon, so no. And <laughs> and then he's like, well, you know, you know, Derek Taylor, uh, the new play-by-play guy, put out the unofficial stats of how uh, Zach Claros did it. It's like, oh, that doesn't look good. I'm like, no. I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, but really, I mean, it's so stop and start. There's, it's not like the rhythm of an actual game. And yeah, and I'm not naive enough to sit here and say that Zach Claros and the offense is going to be fine. Like, I'm not naive enough to go that far, but. You know, everyone has taken, and I think for the most part, people have been good about taking a step back about what happened in that game in terms of for Zach Claros. Mm-hmm. And even then, after that, I texted someone who was there, uh, leader post Murray McCormick, and I asked him, I was like, so did Zach look as bad as Derek Taylor's stats made it look? And he told me, he's like, no, I was kind of surprised it was actually that low. I think he knew there's only the one completion, but he said there's a few drops, and it seemed like there was probably a little more to the story than the stats told. So all in all, it's... It, it is what it, it is what it is, and just as much as I wouldn't get too down on Caleros's performance in that, yep. I wouldn't get too excited about Cody Fajardo's either. No, and you're certainly right. And and, and for fans that maybe have never uh, taken in a green and white game, especially now with the uh, training cap migration largely to Saskatoon, um, it, it really is more for the fans, and it really is a, a controlled scrimmage, and you'll often see. Pieces like the offensive line are are just changing, wimbly bimbly, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you're seeing guys being worked in and out. They might play one series with one set, another series with another set. And and anybody, any bona fide starter that is even nicked up in the slightest does not play. No. Like, they they could have, you know, an ingrown pinky toenail and (laughs) they won't play. Yeah. It's just... Bruised ego, not playing. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Hurt, hurt his bum bum this morning. Like spent too long on the can, and his legs went numb. Not playing, right? So, it's it, it's one of those that uh, I don't read anything into it. I, I do think that if if Caleros had looked as bad as the indications, you know, were statistically, maybe it's worth 
maybe you don't just see him come out and, and play with the ones in that one preseason game, assuming he's your starting quarterback. I mean, I, I think maybe now you see a little bit more Zach Caleros because he hasn't really, you know, grabbed the proverbial old bull by the horns. But you're right. There's no sense getting down on him, and there's no sense getting high on Cody Fajardo. For all we know, Fajardo could have been throwing against, and, and I'm not kidding, he could have been throwing against members of the Saskatoon Hilltops. And no disrespect to Canada's best junior football team, but, you know, those guys do get training camp invites, and they could have been on the field while, while that was going on. You never know with these games, and, and so many pieces get moved in and out. It's, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's almost like those those people that I laugh at that count completions at scrimmage and, and, and things like, or at practice and things like that. Let's see him when, well, let's see him when the lights come on to steal a Chris Jones term. And, you know, let's let's look at it that way. Let's watch him then. And then maybe if he goes out and plays a half in preseason game and is one for 12, maybe then we start hitting the panic button. But for now, the panic button is uh, stored safely away under my bed. Yeah, and it's just, for me, the biggest thing in this is it's so hard to get into rhythm. So you go out there, you start the game, yeah. and then, you know, you, you play a series, and then you sit a series, and you play a series, but it's not like you picked up, you know, so the, you know, John Ryan comes on, and you punt, and then all of a sudden they move the ball up 30 yards because that's what the scrimmage called for is you're now in this situation, and there isn't, there isn't the same rhythm, there isn't the same approach, there isn't the same feel for the game. You're just kind of going through yeah. these isolated scenarios, and yeah. so, I mean it's hard to get too worked up about any kind of performance from anything. But I guess the good sign is you would imagine probably for the most part, Zach was probably going against most of the ones on defense. And yeah. you would have to take that as an encouraging sign that this defense, as we expect it will be, will still be fairly, will still be good this year. That's I think probably what you can take from it. Yeah. And I, and I would agree wholeheartedly with that, Joel. And I mean, it's even the people that, that, that say, well, how did Caleros look, in, you know, at practice? Well, he's going up against literally the best defense in the CFL. So take the, you're right. Take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. There wouldn't been a whole lot of scout team yet. There won't be, you know, there's a lot of, you know, starters playing each other. There's a lot of getting into rhythm. There's a lot of picking up stuff right now. And we don't know what kind of changes Stephen McAdoo might've made to the offense this year. You know, he has probably a little more trust in guys like Katie Cannon. He might have Manny Arsenault at his disposal. He has William Powell in the backfield now. There's just a lot of different pieces that might change the way he works the offense a little bit. So as much as it's generally the same system, there's still going to be some different moving parts that Zach is going to have to get used to. And he's got a bit of a makeshift offensive line right now with, you know, Dan Clark was out for the time and he came back uh, this week. But so there's still just a lot of moving parts and it's just, yeah, it's what it is, and we'll have to see where it goes. And I think you brought up the important point, too. I think if Zach had come out in this green and white game, and yeah, so he had, what, 10 attempts. If he went 10 for 10 for you know, 150 yards and a touchdown, then you're like, you know what? Yeah, you don't have to play the first game. But yeah. the way the way it looked out, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're traveling to Calgary. Luckily, it's not that far. And you only have a limited number of seats on the plane, even though you can dress as many guys as you want. But I probably want to give Zach about a quarter in that game now, at least, depending on how it goes. Yeah, I, I would agree. A quarter, and if the quarter's not going well, maybe you haven't see him for a full half or something like that. And you touched on, too, let's uh, let's give a little love to uh, to Dan Clark, who was back at practice this week and uh, feeling better after the car accident. So it was really nice to see him him come back out, especially in a non-sports injury situation, right? You didn't re- Nobody really knew what was going on. He was in a crash, and now he's back, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's probably, I guess, right now, sort of the biggest news around Ryder training camp. It's pretty much gone as expected, and 
I mean, the both of us, we've covered enough camps to know there's always, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's the excitement of the first few days and everyone gets kind of the obvious stories out of the way. And then you kind of get into that lull a little bit and then the green and white game kind of perks it up a little bit. But really, and now we're getting into the meat of it. Now with the next few days, there's, you know, something to look forward to. There's an actual game and the players start to get excited yep. against hitting someone that isn't their teammate. And all of this said, so there's actually a focus now on the future. There's a focus on something other than just the mundane day to day. It kind of drags on. Now we're getting into the meat of it. So, you know, this is where camp actually starts to get interesting because now there's something to look forward to. Now we can see how certain riders might stack up against the defending champs. And, and no, and, and absolutely. And, and he, you're exactly right with that, Joel. I mean, I, I've I said it last week. I do not miss training camp one single bit. Um, this week is more like a normal game week, and you'll see the stories and such. But, yeah, again, I'm, I'm on the record of saying you could cut training camp down by a week, and this kind of all proves it. But um, either way, no, let's uh, we'll have an actual football game to talk about by this point next week. So, so that's a good thing. Yeah, that's 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 what this is really what it's all about, and we've been kind of waiting for it. And I think we probably could have gotten away with not recording this week, but uh, the signing of Sergio Castillotis, I mean, we, we, we had to. We, we had, had to, we had we, a jibber jabber tonight. We couldn't wait. Could not wait. We had to bring in Sergio Talk. So the the interesting thing is, you did say you would consider buying a BC Lions Castillo jersey should he make yes. the team. And the Lions are one of the teams that actually uh, tweaked their jersey a little bit this year. And uh, for the most part, though, the new era jersey launch was nowhere near the same as the Adidas one, right? It was no, absolutely. We have, uh, for the most part, I think most of the league kind of stayed the same. We already knew what Montreal was going to look like. I think. I think the the biggest thing that I took out of the new era launch, and I, I think they, I think they're retweaking the Ottawa one because there's that weird like point that didn't make any sense in the design that leaked. I had no idea what that was. Um, yeah, exactly. Kind of on the red stripe, but really, I think I think that's changing. I think I saw something about that, but what I didn't get, and maybe maybe I'm just maybe I just don't get style these days, which is entirely possible. <laughs> what is with the Toronto Argonauts and their boring ass jerseys now? I don't know. I I'm with you. I like I, I get going for the minimalist, and obviously they tra- they trade it changed the Toronto to a very. MLSE friendly, you know, Toronto kind of the same mm-hmm. font as the Leafs across the chest, but you're right. Like that looks like a navy blue T-shirt when you don't have like it's a little bit cooler where the names and numbers are on there, but it's almost like somebody. It's almost like they designed the other eight CFL jerseys and just kind of forgot about Toronto because let's face it, everybody just kind of forgets about Toronto um, and just said, "Oh crap." Here's a shirt. Um, tweak the logo, and uh, yeah, here's some numbers and minimalist. Yeah, that's what the hipsters are calling it these days. Kind of got that feel to it. Yeah, I mean, maybe it'll look different when we actually see it in a game on the field. I don't know, but right now I'm mildly unimpressed, and I can tell you there will be a piece at some point coming to threedownation.com from all of us as we decided to kind of power rank the jerseys. Nice. And I think so far, when I put my rankings in, it was I think you man you, across the board, Toronto was in last. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, they, as as they should be. It's hot garbage. Yeah, I, I, I like the tweaks BC made, and that's Montreal's. I, I think it's a bit of an upgrade. Their look, while was good, had kind of run its course. Yeah. Um, 
everyone else basically stayed the same and for good reason. I think you know, the, the Riders jerseys are fine. There's nothing I don't think they're they're not historically great. They should in some day I think they should still go to the retro look full time, but I guess yep. they're holding off on that now for whatever reason. Edmonton's had that look forever. It's not changing. Calgary has basically been the same forever. There's been some tweaks over the time, but for the most part, they're going to look the same. Same with Hamilton. Again, Ottawa, kind of the same. I think they're t- fixing that little weird point, but they've had a few little tweaks already, which is strange for how short they've been in the league. I yeah. think they've had like a new jersey like every two years, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I almost wonder if that was part of the, the the marketing plan when they first launched the franchise, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, and then I will tell you that for me, I, and I wasn't alone in this thought, I still rank the Winnipeg jerseys number one. I am glad that they did oh, not yes. make a change there because those are some nice looking uniforms. Oh, outside of that little period that everybody kind of went through between like the, the 90s out to the early 2000s, and they realized that how good those old jerseys were. Mm-hmm. Glad to see they stuck with it. But, you know, the Sergio Castillo jersey is going to look real good. I like the BC jerseys. Yeah, I, 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 it's, I, I, like, I like that they kept like that same orange hue that they I, I The previous conception was a step forward from what they had because I kind of like the orange that they have and the different yep. looks. But. The, the the tweak on this one is far nicer than what they had previously. Oh, oh, certainly, and they got rid of the tramp stamp, so you know that's important. Yeah, although the new era logos on the jerseys are pretty big. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. They're not they're not back in the lower back though. Like the BC briefly had those logos there, so I'm glad they didn't bring that back. No, and so the question is, without really any major change. Do you think the Riders are going to sell a lot of jerseys? Because we saw an interesting uh, post from, uh, we've mentioned them enough today, it's almost like we're sponsored by the 2 and Out podcast today. <laughs> by uh, a, your, little, a little bit, right? <laughs> by your buddy, uh, Travis Curra. And he, I guess, I guess he's a Riders season ticket holder, right? And an Eskimo season ticket and holder, yeah, yes. I knew I knew he was Edmonton, but I wasn't sure if he still had Riders one yeah. or not. So we got the email, and he made a post about it on their new website, about... Uh, and the sort of the sort of guarantee that the riders have put out for their customized jerseys, and it was a nice gesture. If a player that you if you buy a jersey this year and that player gets traded, you'll get fifty percent off your new jersey. Which, okay, they're probably still making a profit off that, given I'm sure the margins of the jerseys are pretty good. But yes, and the odds of a player of you know note that you would actually worth getting a jersey for getting traded are probably pretty slim, as that doesn't yeah. happen very often in the CFL. So it's it's almost more of, you know, kind of a token thing more than anything, but it's still something. Yeah. And but it got me thinking. I was like, this is kind of a weird thing for the merchandise kings of the CFL to be offering. And yep. and then so I asked you the question and it did you agreed it was kind of weird and it got me thinking. I was like, are they kind of struggling to possibly sell jerseys or at least customize jerseys? Uh, and 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 I think what I said to you in the text was, you know, you and I are hardcore football fans. Yeah. You know, we. So I said to you, okay, if if we were to get rider jerseys, who would you get on there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now we mentioned some names like Jorgen Hughes, uh, Brendan <laughs> Bat, uh, Dan Clark, um, you and uh, Zach, Evans. Zach Evans. You yeah. know, we talked about those guys, right? But I mean. Mm-hmm. None of those guys, for for as good as they've been and as solid as they've been and and as good as they are on the field, none of those guys are like the common fan is going to be drawn to. None of them have superstar status, right? 
you know, you can name pretty well, like, several players in almost any other market that you would definitely buy their jersey. And I think Saskatchewan's lacking that right now. And it goes back to, you know, I remember my father-in-law, he bought himself two new jerseys on uh, on Boxing Day. And got one customized with his own name, an old uh, high school football number. And then the second one looks at me and goes, who would I get? And now at this time, jersey customization was free. And he looks at me, and I, I look at him, and I go, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I legitimately don't know. I think he ended up going with, he's an old O-lineman. I do think he ended up going with a, with a Brendan Milbat, who mm-hmm. I, you know, was one of the first names I thought of. Yeah. But uh, your common fan, like your, your average, and this is not trying to be arrogant and saying that, oh, we watch the games too much deeper than no. Joe Blow. No. I, I, that's not that at all. It's just there's not a guy like there's some good guys on that team, but none of them have the sexy, drawn to star power. And I mean, all jokes aside, is it John Ryan? Like, is John Ryan the guy that's selling jerseys for this team right now? Like, I just, I, I legitimately can't think of a guy in a traditional jersey buying position, like receiver, or quarterback, or running back, or something like that, whose jersey I'd buy right now. Yeah, I think that's an entirely fair point, and I think that's you know part of the reason why they're trying to push this a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let's get that out of the way. I'm not, you know, I'm not. This isn't any sort of slam on the team for trying this. It's you know they got no. they got to try to make sales and make money like anyone else, and that's fine. It's just kind of the state of where the franchise is at right now, and it goes back kind of to how we talked a little bit how over the last few years it kind of felt like Chris Jones was the face of the franchise. And yeah, absolutely. Then that's where it was. And this is not, this is not, you know, I know some people say, oh, here we go again with the Durant and the Chick and the Dresser. I agree 100% it was time for those guys to go. That's not, Yeah. it's not confusing with, it's, I'm not trying to say those guys should stick around because they sold jerseys and fans love them. Those guys, it was, it was their time to go. There just hasn't been the replacement yet of the faces of the franchise. And that's yeah, kind of what they're looking for still. And John Ryan's, you know, a decent stopgap for that, I guess. Uh, we yeah. talked a lot about John Ryan last week, so there's no reason to get into that again. But yeah, it just it just feels like there's no there isn't the marquee. And you're right, this isn't you know, we're not. I don't. I'm not someone who sits here and says oh, only real fans matter. You know, we're not Kevin Lowe here talking about tier two fans or anything like that. Like this, exactly. All, to me, every fan, no matter your level of interest, it does not matter. And this is going on right now in the NBA with the Raptors. And there's a lot of people being like, oh, yeah. here we go at the bandwagon. Blah. Who cares? Exactly. It's fun. Sports is fun. And everyone starts somewhere. And, yeah, it's not going to convert everyone. It never does. No bandwagon yeah. ever converts every single fan. But you know what? There are going to be a ton of kids watching the Raptors right now who are enjoying this run that they're on. And this is going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. And they're going to become basketball people. So it's going to convert a few people, just like any run in any sports does. And yeah, it happens I, around I, here. I, it happens everywhere. Everyone starts somewhere. So I, I don't judge any fan for when they jump on the bandwagon, or even if they stay on the bandwagon. I don't care. Yeah. It's sports. It's fun. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm a grown-ass man who's watching full-length NBA games for the first time since I was in high school. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's that kind of effect that, that something like this can have on there. But, and again, it, it all goes back to, as, as you said, the state of the franchise. I just, I, I can't think of somebody that, if somebody was joining the Ryder bandwagon tomorrow, whose jersey would they buy? I don't know. And I think that's what, I think that's what's hurting, you know, jersey sales. And, and this is probably why they put, again, 
I like the promotion. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's just it's an interesting it's an interesting point that as you said, the you know, kings of merchandise sales trying to do something to sell merchandise. It's just it's it's unusual. Yeah, it's different. And you asked me the question, who would you get? You know, I, I think had he not been slowed down by injuries the last few years, Naaman Roosevelt might have been that guy. Yes. Um, I think William Powell has potential if he sticks around, but he's kind of getting up there. I don't think Zach Caleros is ever going to be that guy. I don't I think the offense won't let that really happen, per se. No. So, like, is it dependent on Isaac Hacker? Is this Watford? Is, you know, you know maybe it is a guy on defense. You never know. It's possible. So... I don't know, like, you know, Ed Ganey, you know, Nick Nar- Nick Marshall, these guys are good players, but again, you know, when it comes down to it, the casual fan generally likes to get a jersey of someone on offense, and... Yeah, exactly. That's just not there right now, and... No. It's the way it is, and they're gonna, they're, they're, they're trying something, so we'll, we'll have to give them credit for that. Since we kind of talked about the Raptors a little bit, I think we can uh, close here today talking about something we saw on uh, Twitter that doesn't involve football at all. So if you don't care, uh, feel free to stop right now as you probably stopped a while ago anyway, so that's fine. Um, that, 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 that's fair enough. Our shenanigans off the top really went on longer than usual. I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if everybody's tuned out. Even even our folks have probably tuned out right now there, Joel. Yeah, well, I don't even think my dad knows how to listen to us, so it's okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> got to get him on board. We need one more listener. <laughs> we got to make it a total of five. So you sent me a tweet uh, the other day, and yep. your only response was, oh, hockey. And it was in the middle. It was like right after. It was right after a basketball game. So I thought it was going to be one of those hashtag please like my sports tweets. Right. Instead, it was far worse. As I open this tweet, and it's a guy, a father, I believe, in uh, Northern Ontario, talking about his son's spring camp for his minor hockey league team. Yep. And how. And I. I so ridiculous that we're even talking about this. We have to, this is even something that I, I just, I think we both feel so strongly about this. We want to talk about it. Yeah. He said the coach of this minor hockey team in Northern Ontario told all his players to show up to a spring camp with a haircut and a shave. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just, it, it is so that like, and, and it's funny that, I know there's some negative buzz around football right now, concussions and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, rightfully slow. It's 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 dangerous, but it, it's it's just funny that that hockey just can't seem to get out of its own way. It's almost become this this elitist sport, and and hockey culture is just you and I laugh at it constantly. Oh, constantly. I, I, this, I mean, this you year, and I said this year so, I have not watched a single hockey game because of the owner of the team I used to cheer for. And I feel so liberated just not having to scoff and roll my eyes at hockey culture every yeah. second week because of something dumb. Because I just have not paid attention to hockey at all this year. I mean, it's still on my Twitter feed a little bit. It's impossible to completely ignore in Canada. Right. But for the most part, I've been so disconnected from hockey and its culture that it's been, it's been liberating. It's been so great. <laughs> but it's funny. I think the best, the best way I can summarize it is Drake does his thing as a super fan, as a passionate guy that is actually an employee of the team that he happens to love, loves his team. There's not a single person that can't say that Drake doesn't love the Raptors. Yeah. Now that they're mainstream and all the hockey culture guys are getting in there, robble, 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 Drake. Drake shouldn't be doing this. Drake should just sit down and, 
and wear a suit and tie and shut up like the rest of everybody at the at Air Canada Center. Like, it, it's just, I, I find it comical that, that like, now even in Canada, as, as hockey culture, as basketball culture becomes more mainstream, hockey ch- culture still finds a way to, to get its ugly teeth in there and just show up like, like, dude, let, let the dude have a good time. He paid a lot of money for those seats. A lot of money. Like, just... Like, everybody relax. Like you said, sports is fun. Do we all forget that? I think I think hockey forgets that from time to time. And that's all the time. One, oh, oh, constantly. I mean, constantly. I mean, even now as a as a parent, Max is in my, my three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old. He's in uh, football. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, it's, and all it is is it's, see, you got coaches, it's running and jumping, and the kids are catching. Like, there's no helmets or pads or hitting or anything like that, but I couldn't imagine. I've heard of kids, you know, a little bit older than him, a year or two older, getting getting tiered. Like, getting, like you're getting cut at five years old. Like, what the hell is wrong with this country and, and, and with hockey that this is accepted as normal? Like, sports should be fun. You know, football is still fun, and, and, and it's mm-hmm. funny that there's all this talk that, oh, yeah, well, 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 basketball is the fastest-growing sport in Canada, and, and hockey is, is losing its root. Well, no shit. Like basketball's fun. Football yeah. is fun. Lacrosse is fun. Soccer is fun. Like And they're they're uh, all and they're all I mean, lacrosse is pretty white, but for the most part they're all diverse sports that allow you to be yourself. And yes, they, absolutely. just look at the difference. If you look at the crowd out of Jurassic Park right now, it is a remarkable walk of life of every sort of walk of life you could imagine is out there watching those basketball games. People yeah. of every and color, every gender, every ethnicity, every religion, every every they're all out there watching basketball because it's accepting of everyone. Meanwhile, yeah. hockey keep it just it keeps getting narrower and narrower and narrower because you got to be rich, you got to be this, you got to be that, you got to be this, and then, you can't have a beard. You better shave those sideburns, yeah, man. Like, like I didn't know George Steinbrenner owned a freaking minor hockey team in Northern Ontario <laughs> or Monty and, Burns. And Northern Ontario. Northern Ontario. <laughs> Man, I'm from Northern Ontario. Half of everybody's lumberjacks. They actually do have the beard for a good reason, right? Absolutely, like yeah. it's just Oh, I just it, 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 it baffles me and 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 again and, and you talk about inclusivity and, mm-hmm. and you watch what football's done. Football absolutely. You, I, I I've seen football here in the city. You got kids from, you know, recent recent immigrant children that are now playing football and and they love it. And and like you said, basketball. I, I retweeted this uh, this thread about uh, Nap, the super fan for the Raptors. And at the end of this thread, the, oh, he's great. Yeah, great point. Oh, he's fantastic, mm-hmm. fellow car guy. Much love. Um, <laughs> I think he's a little better than you, considering the uh, season tickets he has for the Raptors. <laughs> uh, uh, way better. I, I can't even. I can't even afford the side seats for the Rattlers, Joel. Never mind the Raptors. Jeez, <laughs> like, I saw the courtside seat prices for the Rattlers. Went mm, nope. Um, <laughs> but there's this great photo at the end of this thread. It's a photo, just a random photo of Jurassic Park, and as you mentioned. You can probably see in this photo. There's you can see fifty people clearly. Mm-hmm. I would say like there is all everybody's there and everybody's having fun. And I had the pleasure of going to Jurassic Park uh, when the Raptors played the Cavaliers a few years back when I was still working with the Rush. And it's just I it, the vibe that you see for a, like 
loosely organized street viewing party. It's like it didn't surprise me when you heard there was no arrests. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody just loves everybody. Yep. And that's and that's what sports should be. That's what I think a lot of sports still are. You know, primarily football, uh, basketball. You know, like I said, I, I see it a lot in lacrosse. Only because again, these are the sports I'm I'm around directly. Yeah. You know, uh, curling. Curling's even become super inclusive. Like golf. Like. And then you look, and you look at the sport that, that uh, it, it changed me to say because I grew up playing hockey. I grew up playing hockey, and I once got cut from a team because the other two goalies, their dads were in the booster club. Right? Like this is these are things that happen in hockey culture, and it's just it's 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 shameful, and it's got a reputation for that. And yeah, you know, I've been a lifelong hockey fan, as I mentioned. I played it. I, I played it at a decent level, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm a grown-ass man that finds myself... I, I started doing the dishes tonight, and I, when I do the dishes, I, I throw on my phone. You know, I watch some TV on my phone, I, and I'm like, well, what the hell's on tonight? Oh, yeah, game one of the Stanley Cup final. Like, it's just... A I month after the conference finals ends, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've completely forgot about it. Like, I, I, I am more, way more vested on the fact that, you know, if you want the best deal you're ever going to get, come on down to Oakwood Nissan Thursday night because I'm going to be paying zero attention. I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah, 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 this is what your car payment is. Yeah, sure, whatever. Sign the docs. Let's go. Um, yeah, the, the wraps are up again. Like, that's that's what it's going to be. So I, I know it's a bit of an aside for us, but I'm glad I got to verbalize it because you and I just, I, like, I almost feel like we should just start, like, we almost need the hockey culture tweet of the week. <laughs> Because you'll find Maybe. one every single week without even trying. Yeah, you certainly will. And uh, we may be un-Canadian now, but we will always have Sergio Cassidy. <laughs>